This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! This is Love of the Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 Fan of Dallas. He is Brian Broaddus. That is the former Super Bowl winning NFL scout. I guess I shouldn't say former. He won a Super Bowl. That's not getting taken away from him. That That's just he is a Super Bowl winning scout. He just Damn long time ago, scout. Bobby. I know yeah. that. It's about the same time the Cowboys won their last one. He, he Damn was a long he was, time ago. <laughs> I was, uh, you know what, Brian? I think I was, how old was I when you won your first Super Bowl? 96, Seven. Bob. I, I was seven years old. Seven years old. I was seven years old. I was seven and a half because it was January of uh, 97. Yeah. And I sure vividly was. remember uh, Desmond Howard uh, just just owning that game. And I, I got to say, Brian, the uh, the Desmond Howard, he he saved me on an immaculate grid the other day oh, when I was he? trying to guess teams. It came down to uh, it was Packers and Raiders. And I was like, oh, I know who played for the Packers and the Raiders. That would be Desmond Howard. You know so I was you. able to hit that, get that right. Uh, but but Brian was a is a former scout, a a forever Super Bowl winner. So let's get that straight. He's also the co-host of the G Bag Nation, two to seven p.m. Central Monday through Friday on one hundred five through the Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network alongside Eric Chiafalo and Zach Wolchuk. Brian, how you doing? Uh, you, you, it's a little odd. We're getting our first Monday night game this week, yeah. so it's kind of throwing us off a little bit in terms of. It feels like it should be game day. We're not there yet. We've had to sit even longer on this loss than normal. Uh, but but how's the how's the week been? You you taking some good college football or anything? No, I actually went and watched my race team try and win a championship at uh, Road Atlanta uh, on uh, Friday Saturday. We actually uh, just got back here Sunday morning. Uh, been up since about five a.m. Eastern getting back here, but uh, made it back. Uh, unfortunately, though, our, our team, uh, we uh, broke the power steering three hours ago in the race, had a chance to win the thing, and power steering let go, and uh, that was the end of our day. And so, uh, unfortunate, it was uh, 
it's things that happen in racing, but when you race for 10 hours, uh, you know, you cars, the cars that hold up there, it's amazing how they, how they do that endurance racing stuff. So it's, uh, it's very cool, very cool, but very disappointing. It's a uh, very heartbreaking kind of, you know, my, my sports life is very heartbreaking at time and very heartbreaking. If the Cowboys don't find a way to beat the chargers, because then it turns into bye week and then bye week turns into a lot of questions. And when you have a three and three football team, um, now it's, it's really to that point where, okay, where, where did this thing go wrong the first six, seven weeks? And that's what we're going to have to dive into if they don't find a way to to beat the Chargers, which I feel like it'll be a difficult game. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll hear to break it down for you. Yeah, we'll, we'll and we'll break that down a little bit. We'll, we'll get into the Chargers um, a little bit next segment. We'll, we'll kind of break them down. I, I want to lead off, though, with kind of what you were referencing there, which is just the the magnitude of, team. Well, I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> no, look, I'm just, I. I, no, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to tell everybody that whoever you were competing against for the championship, if uh-huh. I'm going to make sure history remembers that that guy cut your power steering line. That's no, I, what I happened. Wish, I wish that was the it case. was it was him. It was I, like I wish, just, just I wish. Brian. Don't don't say anything else. Just we'll, we'll it's hard Bobby racing seven <laughs> hours and and doing everything you can to stay up front like we did and and have it go sideways. So, well, that's what I, it was. Back, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a cut steering power steering line. Anyway, yeah. the, well, the other thing I want to talk about <laughs> is just the magnitude of this game. How relevant is it compared to the, because we were Huge. on Sean and RJ, uh, the, the show that I'm part of on one Oh five through the fan. Great job on that show. Um, thank you very much. Uh, we, we interviewed Nick Eatman on Friday and Nick said, and that's Nick Eatman from DallasCowboys.com. He says that he believes this game against the Chargers is the biggest game of the year. Not the one against the 49ers. I thought the 49ers was a big one, but he said he thinks this one is bigger because of how you show, are you able to bounce back? It's the game against Kellen Moore. It's the, you know, design. It's the the offense that you picked over the offense that you shunned and a chance to see those things go up against each other. Then you lead into the bye week. This could be a, a very telling week. For the Cowboys, I think in terms of their mental toughness and yeah. and the offense that they chose, uh, but this definitely is a big game. Do you feel like it's bigger yes. than the 49ers game? No, and if it is, no, no it's not it, bigger no, than the 49ers no, no. game. I, I'll tell you, Bobby. Um, all these games are big to me. Whether it's the Jets, Patriots, every game they play, because there's only 17 of these. You know, there's only. You know, you, you look at these games, and to me, everybody. one of the s- statements that people always make, is this a must-win game? You know, always you always get that. Is this a must-win? And I'm kind of like, I'm like, yes, because I think every game is a must-win because you only play 17 of them. Yeah. You know, you say, you know, as we tape this show on a Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing the Jets. Philadelphia is undefeated. You know, say they find a way to win this game. Well, that would make them, what, 6-0? Six 6-0. And six and oh. Oh. Say you lose this football game tomorrow on Monday night. That makes you 3-3. Three and three. You're now three games back of the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, that's why they're all must win. You know, some, well, you don't have to. Yeah, you really do because at the end they're going to add them all up. And they're going to say, okay, you're either one game to the good and in getting into the playoffs or you're one game to the bad and – you know, you have the 14th overall pick this year in the draft. You know, that's 
these games are super important. And I, I, what's unfortunate is the 49er game, as bad as it was, you know, they put a lot into that game. That was a game that was talked about, you know, team talked about building um, the way they built their roster around it. But, you know, the most important thing is to try and find a way to win the division. But you, Philadelphia keeps finding ways to win and you keep finding ways to lose, give away games like you did against Arizona. Well, you're going to find yourself on the outside. So, yeah, this is a huge game. I think this game is really personal. I, I don't think the players think of it as personal. No. I think Mike McCarthy does. I think mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy really thinks this game per, or has taken this game personally. You know, So, we'll see. The players wanted to find a way to play better against San Francisco. They didn't. It was – it was a poorly executed game, poorly called game. Just everything all around it was poor. This, you know, but the Mike McCarthy, his team has done a done a damn good job of bouncing back after losses and making them resound victories. If you look at the way the scores and stuff have been, so they're going to need one of those on uh, Monday night. They're going to need to go to uh, the Los Angeles and find a way to beat a, a pretty good football team. I've always felt like we've we've oversold a little bit the well Zeke and Will Greer know where the bodies are buried. They Man, they know that this. that it, was what a disaster for everybody. That well, how about Will Greer? That was a that was an ass kick in Dallas, New England. No help. And well, then, yeah, and, and then Trey you flip Lance. It on, and you flip it for Trey Lance. You're thinking, wow, Trey Lance could help, but what an ass kicking that was. Now the so, the actual the actual advantage though. Players coming in and, well, I know this scheme. I feel like that's less of a benefit as much as former coaches, knowing what former coaches are doing when they're walking in here. So, Brian, when you look at this, who has the advantage here? Is it the Cowboys knowing so intimately the things that a guy like Kellen Moore likes to do with his his game plans and his attack? Or is it a bigger benefit for Kellen Moore and Doug Nussmeyer to get in Brandon Staley's ear and say, hey, you want to know how to attack this personnel? You want to know where that Cowboys offense is weak? I can tell you exactly the stuff that we avoided doing with them and exactly the stuff that McCarthy's been fighting with me to do with them for a while. And so here's how you can go after. Who's got the bigger advantage? The Chargers having Kellen and Nussmeyer on their side, knowing how to evaluate this personnel for the Cowboys, or the Cowboys with Dan Quinn and the players knowing exactly what it is Kellen likes to do? Man, you got me stumped because I'm thinking Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn has an idea of how he would like to attack Kellen Moore. But then Kellen's thinking about watching the tape from Arizona and watching the 49ers tape and kind of getting some ideas because there's some things that they do in the running game with their pulling of their offense. And it's the same thing that it's the same thing that uh he did in Dallas, especially down in the red zone. Remember when we always used to see Zach Martin pull and you, know, you get guys who are pulling, guys yeah. are playing space and all that. It's very, very similar to that. The running game. Um, if I'm going to give an advantage, I'm going to give the advantage to to um, I'm going to give the the advantage to the Dan Quinn here because you know when you work it when you work in training camp against a guy you kind of get a feel for you know how he's going to call a game or how he's going to use his personnel um so i would say that dan has an advantage 
the things that that Dan could do is he could. It's going to be a different game, I think, Bobby. And that was a really good question. It's got me just kind of stumped, but I, <laughs> I'm going to say because I hate riding the fence. I'm not a fence. I know. I, I get it. I'd rather. I'd rather be. I'd rather just say it and just either be right or wrong. But in my heart, I believe Dan has the. Now, what's going to be different for Kellen Moore is how does Dan Quinn use Micah Parsons in this game with no Leighton Vanderesh? Yeah, that's. That's how – that's what – because Kellen's going to understand what Dan does with Micah Parsons as a rusher or how to kind of move them around. But as an off-ball linebacker, how's that going to affect some of the things he's going to try and do in this game? I, I think this is really, really um, – I was talking to Will McClay about this a while ago. Well. And, and, and I was – but I, it was in a way of – I was asking him about his edge rushers and the thought about, well, how your edge, he goes, you know, and, and Mike and all this. And this was a while ago. This wasn't anything recent, but I was just kind of going through and I said, uh, I asked him about his edges and he's like, yeah, we've got plenty of edges. We've got plenty of guys that can rush. So to me, this is one of those times where, okay, he, he's going to be able to pull Micah back and then be able to kind of use the guys that, you know, the the Fowlers and Armstrong and and Williams and they they need they need a big game from a Sam Williams they need somebody to to just be a difference maker and, and maybe it could still be Micah on some limited pass rush stuff but I have a feeling and and by the way Bobby I know you watch these I know you watch these tackles mm-hmm. for. Uh, I was surprised. I was really, really surprised how much pressure that when you look at these when these offensive tackles, Rashawn Slater was struggling in some of these games with some of the pressures. And I, I was kind of feeling like I'm going to watch Rashawn Slater and I'm going to be like, oh, man, well, knee bend and power and all that. But you go through and watch some of the pressures that the Chargers have had to deal with. Slater – and Pipkin's the tackle on the right side, that's been a little bit of an issue for those guys. You know, the quarterback's good moving around and kind of avoiding but, you know, not getting sacked and stuff. But, man, I'll tell you what, I was surprised at Rashawn Slater. So my point is that, you know, they they need somebody opposite, and they need maybe Lawrence. You know, Lawrence has got to have one of those games too. Or maybe that you know this Pipkins he could he could take advantage of him. Yeah, I I, I do think I do think Pipkins is more vulnerable. Here's the thing: I think we got to contextualize. But, that, but that, Slater. I'm sorry that didn't answer your question. I do think no, no, Dan I, Quinn has, but the the difference is going to be. And I, I'm sorry, I was just meandering along. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. But I, but 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 what I was thinking about was it's going to be different for Kellen Moore if Micah Parsons plays off ball linebacker. That's now how do you account for him there? Because usually it's you account for him as an edge and yep. not as the linebacker. Does that make sense? No, no, it, it totally makes sense. The only thing I know is that I know that he's been – Kellen Moore also has an awareness that, yeah, like I said, Kellen Moore's been involved in the times where they've had to, you know, move Micah around because of stuff. Yeah. He, he's been part of those game plays. A little bit of – let me draw back to another Dallas sports. What do you think about thing. that? What do you about think? about the who, who has, has the advantage? Who, who has the advantage? Uh, the Chargers. I think the Chargers have a significant advantage because here here's the way I look at it is that, and, and this is something Nick Eatman and I discussed. 
Did you he may think know the Chargers had the advantage too? He did too. You wow. you you may know Kellen, and you may know what Kellen likes to do. You don't know what Kellen likes to do with these players. Like when the personnel's different, he may feel like he has access to things he didn't have there, or the things he had access to in Dallas he doesn't have here. And so you don't exactly know that. Yeah. Whereas the last three years. Kellen was getting an earful for Mike about all the different things Mike thought he could do with the personnel. So Kellen's going to have that on his mind. And Kellen knows the, I'll I'll draw the analogy here. When the Mavericks played the golden state warriors in 07 and everybody was like one seed when they were the one seed, one of the biggest things they talked about is how did golden state take away Dirk? And it's the guy who helped build Dirk into the player he was, Don Nelson knew, I know exactly what he can't do. Take this away from him. He can't do this. And that's my thing is that they they may not be drawing up the game plan for the defense, but Kellen and Nussmeyer can go right up to Brandon Staley and say, hey, you want to know everything we thought Dak couldn't do? You want to know everything we think these receivers can't do? All all these things with this personnel? Because really the only difference in personnel. You can watch the San Francisco tape and see that. Yeah. Or watch the Arizona tape. Really the only... the thing, the thing that okay, the, I'm, I'm you, when you start to talk about the thing when when you've watched the Chargers play, mm-hmm. they got they got Austin Eckler, one of the best receiving running backs in the game. Yep. Do they throw him any screens? Or any, no, they're throwing those wide receiver screens. They don't throw a they don't throw a running back screen. I didn't see a running well, back Eckler, screen. Watch. So 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 Eckler's been out he's since been hurt. week one. I yeah, know he's so. been hurt. Yeah, know, but but if you look at the line, if you watch, if you watch the way that Kellen Moore calls his, it's the same way. Yeah, yeah, that's it's true. The that's same true. offense. He's that's not, true. And maybe maybe when he gets Austin Eckler, if again watch watch them. People hate when I say again, but when you watch the Forty Nine er film, they throw a screen pass to McCaffrey that goes for a boatload of yards. Yeah. If I'm if I'm Kellen Moore, I'm trying to throw a screen to Austin Eckler. But will you know? No, he'll throw a wide receiver screen, or he'll throw. You know, they, they. It's it's funny. It's watching the same offense with a quarterback that you know is pretty damn accurate throwing the ball. You know, it's that, funny though. I did notice, and and you know what? Let's uh, we'll we'll pause down because we're about to jump into the to the actual preview of the, of the players. Pistol, you know, I'm there's gonna, a lot of pistol. We're we're yeah. we're gonna jump into the specifics of this Chargers team here. In just a sec. Uh, first, but I, 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 I tell interrupted you, guys. you. You, you, you inter- I interrupt you. Say it real quick before you say. Hey, oh, just you know, just that I think that not that that Kellen and Kellen and Nussmeyer know the exact weaknesses that exist with all this personnel. The only player that's really different for them from when Kellen was here was Brandon Cooks, and the Cowboys haven't figured out how to use Brandon Cooks yet. And that's, so that's a fact. he had he has intimate four years worth of knowledge of watching these players grow up and and being around them. And so I, I think that and, – and look, I think this is absolutely – you want to talk about personal for Mike, I think this is a very personal game to Kellen Moore. I, I agree with that too. The thing about it is too, this offense, it, it might be – it might be to the point where you might not have to worry about covering everybody up if they're just going to throw slants and stuff all day. Yeah. You know? The thing about it, and it's not just creativity. It's not that. It's there's people now in the league, and I was in airports this weekend, just talking to people. You know, sitting and waiting for planes and things. And it just seemed like that people were like that. 
it's going to take time for, for Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy hadn't called plays for six, seven years. You know, and, that, and they're, they're trying to tell me that, you know, but they're also worried about how, and I, I hate to use the word how dynamic or how, you know, and, and not everybody can be the 49ers or the Rams or sure. any Cincinnati or these teams that have these young coaches that really, you know, mix you up. But there's, there's people that are like, you know, yeah, Mike can call plays in a while, but is the offense to the point, or is it one of those that you could, like, wow, they're taking advantage of this defense? You know, and that's, that's why I made my crazy prediction. And, and my, really my crazy prediction, and I know we're going over, Bobby. I'm sorry, it's my fault. No, no, you're good. The, my crazy prediction about an offensive coordinator change after week six was if the team was three and three. And, but Mike has given up play calling before. He gave it up to Tom Clements, you yep. know? I think it would be – but uh, but the biggest problem I saw, Bobby, and, and if you listen to us on 105.3 The Fan, I was worried about new coordinator, new quarterback coach, new offensive line coach, new running back coach. You know, there was so much change to the offense, so much change from the, from the staff standpoint. I was thinking, man, this might take a while. You know, the offense might be good, but it might be good in week 10. You know, they yeah. kind of figure everything out. It's not going it to click right away. It might be too late, man. If this thing goes three and three, there is going to be – it is not going to be a good week for Mike McCarthy. Look, I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this, and and just before we jump into the Chargers, I'll say that broadly, um, I think I think sometimes you feel like there's some faux anger or you're trying to fire somebody up or whatever. I think Jerry Jones is legitimately upset right now. And and I think that there's there's a you moment guys here. Those interviews good. I thought you did a no, good job you. of interviewing him, man. It's Jerry when he's mad. That's not a good interview. That's he's tough because he's going to he question. He's going to question your questions. Yes, yeah. and he did. He did, and that yeah. and that's fine. There's just there's a lot of upset people in that building right now, and I think it's just frustration. Look, winning cures all. If they win this game, a lot of that anger will go away. Um, but you got to win this game. Uh, you were you listening can't to be the love- three and three. No, nope. it's that'd be tough. Yeah. Can't sit on the bye week with two embarrassments on mm-hmm. national television. Nope. You are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Brian. Uh, yeah, five minutes late for the that, Bobby. That's your fault. <laughs> I know. I, I'm awful. Uh, 
looking at this Chargers team, yeah. we, we know obviously Justin Herbert is a uh, is one of the more naturally gifted quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have weapons. Uh, Joshua Kelly is, is a a good runner. I think he's had his struggles at times, but I think he's a talented runner. Right. Um, you know, they're getting Austin Eckler back. We know they've got a lot of really talented players on defense. Does it always come together? Not necessarily, no. but man, they've got some guys there who can play. Like we know the talent level. It's just not always been realized. It's not always come to fruition. Uh, that's headlined, you know, by Bosa and Khalil Mack and what they can do as pass rushers. Um, but let's let's start here in the trenches on the the offensive Have they line side. Anything on Bosa? Because, Bosa is questionable. Okay, because I was the toe and the toe and hamstring injury was kind of something that he was dealing with. Yep, uh, I know during all during the week. I didn't know what the final designation was for him. Yeah, Bosa is listed as questionable. Um, he if he's back though, and I mean Khalil Mack is coming off what a six sack game or whatever he had. Yeah, the the Raiders didn't do a very good job. They couldn't blocking him. But that's, uh, Raider, that's... Raiders didn't do a good job blocking. Raiders didn't do a good job tackling. No, I saw a lot of broken know. tackles yeah. in that game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But when we look at this, and you talk about, I want to talk start with Slater first off because you had already mentioned him and talked about Man. him. I, I think. We've seen him on tape. He's an imp- a really impressive he player. Is. He's a really good football he player. Is. He's coming off a year where he ruptured a bicep and he was out for the rest of the year. He played three games last year, I think, and then he missed the rest of it. So he's coming back from a year off. I, I believe from what I've heard, he's been dealing with an ankle yeah. a lot this year and ankles can be, those can be tough for tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he's somebody who's been banged up. I don't think he's regressed or anything. I think he's still a good player. I think he's just he's he's not a hundred percent and and he's working back from a year off. Um, but I, I will say that I think he's at times when I saw some of the stuff on tape, it looked like he was working better in the run game than he was in pass protection. Pass protection yeah. seems to be which makes sense. If you're dealing with an ankle, that kick slide, trying to get out, trying to do different things, that can cause problems for you. But you think there is some vulnerability on this Chargers offensive I, line? I do, and I, I think they've used high draft picks, first round picks on Rashawn Slater and Zion Johnson. Both those guys play on the left side. So Will Claps, the center. Matter of fact, it's so weird. Will Claps' dad and I played football together at LSU. Tommy Claps. Oh, yeah, New Orleans guys. And then, and and then you got. Uh, uh, is our kid from Georgia, right? Is it Sailor? Is Sawyer. That Sawyer, yeah, that, that plays. And then I mentioned the Pipkins, the tackle. I was surprised at how many pressures, again, that Slater gave up. And, I, there, but, and it might have to do with that ankle injury, but there are times where it's taken every bit of his athletic ability. When he gets beat, yeah. like every bit of that athletic ability for him to try and rally back. And and kind of either push his guy by or get in front of him or because he's he I was expecting just really a shutdown tackle and he hasn't been a shutdown tackle he just mm-hmm. hasn't so I, I I think that these these now with a week off you know maybe he's got a little bit more you know a little bit more health you know to his game but you know if if he's having problems off the edge. And Pipkins on the on the right side will be your defense's left is having problems. Man, that's where the, the Cowboys need to think about making some hay. Yeah, and I, I do think that, like, look, I mean, uh, I, I think 
Lindsley hasn't been great at times. Um, you know, the the guards who we're, we're very familiar with, like you just mentioned, they're just from, you know, draft show coverage and stuff like yeah. that. Sawyer, Zion Johnson. Yeah. Um, there, there's been some trouble there. I still think Slater, as soon as he gets back to knocking off some of the rust and, and yeah. you know, no, he, healthy. You know, he's a fine I, I, player. I still think he, he's it strong surprises me. Yeah. yeah, it surprised me the struggles that he did have. That That's what surprised me. Like, whoa, wait a minute. What's he? Why is he giving up a pressure here? Oh, why is the guy getting a corner on him here? Oh, why is he not getting in front of this guy? You know? Now, do you have to, do you have to, uh, you know, judge Pipkins a little differently or, or, wonder like like you know basically give him a little bit of a pass at all knowing like okay he was having to block up guys like max crosby last week who's one of the best edge rushers in the nfl do do you look at it any any differently and go like it was a tough day but max crosby gives guys a lot of tough days or or these guys or do you just think he has the same problems because i I just i I, I think we all feel like we don't want to be colton mckivitz again where we all felt like mckivitz was going to be somebody that the film showed colton mckivitz having problems and the, yes, film, yes. the film showed when they put Kittle over there as a wing to block to yeah. help out. Yep. Arizona, Giants. I mean, there were teams that San Francisco were playing. I'm Pipkins, McKibbitts, these guys, you know, the film the film doesn't lie on that stuff. Oh, oh totally. No, no, no. That's that's and not that's what I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not but saying the film the film also tell you the truth that the Cowboys didn't take advantage of that either. A hundred percent. No, what I'm saying is, is not that the film doesn't show struggles. I'm saying, do we have to uh, like basically adjust our, our view of why they're struggling and say, you're going against a guy like Crosby that you're not, you're not necessarily going to get the same difficulties because you're not going to go against a Crosby every week. Same sort of thing. Is Micah Parsons one of the top three defensive players in the league? He is. My only question is how much is he going to rush? How much are they actually going to like? That's the question. I mean, when, when McKibbitts and those guys, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, there's you've got to take advantage of these guys when you can. Yeah. You gotta break them down when you can. You know, you can't you can't let Colt McKivitz just have a comfortable game. You just can't. You gotta put pressure on these guys. Him and Buford, two guys that were struggling. Everybody else on tape. Watch all the games. Yeah. You know, Pittsburgh, uh, uh Arizona. Uh, what other games did I watch? Uh, did I see them play? Miami. Miami. Yeah. Was it Miami? Did they play Miami? Miami was week one. Yeah, that was the one where they ran for what felt like 500 yards. No, it's Pittsburgh. They played Pittsburgh in week one. No, no, no. Char- Chargers were. Or Chargers were. Mi- are oh, you talking I'm sorry, about 49? I'm, I'm talking about 49. I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah, Miami. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Miami was week one. You're absolutely right about that. So when we look at that, that's just kind of where the offensive line stands. I, I think I still really believe. Look, and I, I know you believed in Zion Johnson. I can't remember where you fell down on Sawyer, um, but you know Zion Johnson, Lindsley has been a, a good player for most of his career. I just think that part of me wonders: is this new? You know, some of the different things that Kellen wants to do vertically in the passing game are they just learning? You know, different things that they have to do in pass protection to to execute that system. Is there just some growing pains there? It. it could be something like that. Like I said, I know Slater is banged up. That that's yeah. where I'm going to lean on with Slater is that he's been hurt. In fact, he was on the injury report, but he's listed as a full participant this entire week. Um, but when we look at the weapons, Brian, Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen is one of the most underrated players of his generation. I feel like he is such an incredible football player. Yeah. You've got Keenan Allen. You've got Mike Williams. 
I like these tight ends. No, Mike Williams Jer- is done. Mike Williams. No, is no done but like I know, I know. I'm just li- I'm listening in general who they play with. I know Williams has been out for what he missed the Raiders game. He's out yeah, for the Quinn, year. No, I'm just Quinn, saying like yeah, in general. He's got a knee. He's got a knee. When the, when you when yeah. you talk, yeah, when you talk about the players that they've had, they're Mike Williams and you know Keenan Allen and the running backs and the tight ends and everybody else. I mean, I remember this is the team that had trouble finding room for Jalen Guyton, who had been really good at contributing for them. But this is. Keenan Allen, and you know the ball's going to Keenan Allen, and he's still getting the ball. This is Gerald Everett, who I think is really good between the 20s. And then when you get in the red zone, Donald Parham's been a great red zone threat for that football team. Absolutely, It's really tough to guard 6'8 tight ends. The the old Stetson Hatters tight end, uh, you know, uh, Donald Parham there. And then again, what Eckler can do in the passing game, they're not going to throw a lot of screens to him, but Eckler doesn't need screens necessarily either. Eckler can run routes. Yeah. Um, and and Kelly, I think, is a guy who's shown some stuff on tape that's really encouraging the way that he can kind of run. Um, so when I look at this group here, Brian, I, I do feel like there are some weapons here that can challenge you. I, I feel like the Cowboys are going to say, let's do our best to, to take away Keenan Allen as much as we can. Let's bracket him. Let's do some different things. But at the same time, there's... Mike McCarthy has said his anticipation is teams are going to attack them with the running game and that mm. that's what their, their number one priority is going to be each week. I think you do have to tailor it a little bit though and say, Kellen Moore has never been a guy who just says, let me attack you with the running game. Although he did do yeah. it in week one against Miami. He ran the ball 40 times. Sure. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm learning all about these numbers and metrics and stuff like that and quarterback ratings and stuff. Just found out that, you know, the Keenan Allen, you know, Justin Herbert's quarterback rating is a hundred and thirty point five when he throws the ball to Keenan Allen. <laughs> you know? He's yet to it's throw pretty good. He's yet to throw an interception when looking at him. And the thing about Keenan Allen Keenan Allen, excuse me, is I don't think he can run out of sight. But I, I do I mean, where he makes those contested plays, you know, he's just such a strong handed catcher. And he can body up guys and you know the thing that we've seen a little bit, you know, with, uh, you know, what's going on with Gilmore, you know, that maybe people are going to body him up a little bit. I think it's a little bit more difficult to body up, uh, you know, Deron Bland. But yeah, it's it seems like, you know, Keenan Allen, and they're going to try and get Keenan Allen, I bet, on, on, on Stephon Gilmore as much as they can. Yeah. Is this, is this a, Potential breakout game for Quentin Johnston at all, the TCU wide receiver. Yeah, I. You know what? I. I think that. I think the thing. I think the thing with 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 Johnson is, you know, he he. We saw him in. We saw him in in uh, at TCU just make all these plays down the field. I mean, just play after play after play after play and. So, you know, that that is that's kind of where I worry a little bit because, you know, there's another guy that can that can really really uh can really run and then, you know, his ability to get to to, to make those plays down the field. The high point in the ball, the he might be a little bit of a long strider here, but it's been a rough talk, couple of weeks for him yeah, but, to start out. Yeah, the size, the body control, those things made him tough. You know, he's having a – you can tell he's kind of learning his way how to play. Because when yep. somebody walks up on him, then there's a little bit of some issue with him. 
you know, a little bit of some issue with him. They 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 were big fans in the draft this week uh, of of guy or, or this year of guys out of TCU because they also took Darius Davis. Yeah. Uh, and Davis is a guy. I know we say it feels like we say this every week, and I know everybody's got a guy like this typically, but. Davis is the one that kind of worries me with the way that the Cowboys have had trouble with the little, you know, joystick, quick, shifty players. And Kellen Moore, uh, for his part, has shown, like, especially in this game against the Raiders, like, all right, let's put him in the backfield. Let's throw it. Let's give him a, you know, let's give him a toss sweep. Arizona, San Francisco. Everybody's going to copy a little bit or take a wrinkle or two from Arizona gave you a really good blueprint how to move the ball. The running game and then you know yep. the passing game and stuff. You know, and then well the 49ers passing game I think is elite. You know, by the way, they are uh we'll we'll see if this game's done by the time we're finished, but uh nine minutes losing? left in the fourth quarter. They're up 17-13. They just took the lead on Cleveland, but Cleveland's driving. So they've had a lot of struggles today. The only their last touchdown was set up by PJ Walker throwing an interception that then gave them the ball inside the ten. So it's that amazing. was the start there. But, man, that Cleveland defense has been incredible this year. All right, back to the Chargers really quickly. Uh, Is that the guy that you have the most concern about in terms of is that the X-factor guy potentially of just like a player we're not going to talk a ton about, but he may burn you a player too who's going to be Davis? Uh, Yeah, 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 I think so. And what do you think about the way the the Chargers have run the – the one example we have of Kelly and Eckler playing in a game, Kellen Moore drew up a lot of runs against Miami, and they had a lot of success with it. Uh, knowing how teams like to attack the Cowboys with the running game, what's your level of concern with, you know, Kelly Eckler, and then whatever amount they decide, hey, let's line up Darius Davis in the pistol. Let's do some stuff yeah. here. Yeah, it 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 has to be some concern because the the way that the Cowboys have shown some inability. You know, it was really really poor the first half against uh, Arizona. They came back in the second half much better. Uh, last week they last week they got bullied. They got yeah. bullied in the running game, you know. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's a, a a rare dude when it comes to handing him the football. But this Austin Eckler is no slouch either. He's probably not going to. He probably doesn't have the ability to take it all the way like McCaffrey does. But when it comes to handing him the ball, he's going to get tough yards. He's a low center of gravity runner, base nice base. Shorter guy, but man, he just, you know, you try and get really good shots on him and you have a hard time doing it. So I, he, he is super productive. One of those guys we always talk about never comes off the field. Just never. I mean, he's that, that kind of guy. I, I have a feeling Kellen Moore is going to test this Dallas defensive. I think, I think he's especially going to test the front seven now that, that, uh, there's no, uh, Leighton Vanderesh. I'm going to see. I think he's going to see how how well Curse and Clark and Parsons can play the run defense in this game. And you'll see some the the pulling and stuff. I just these people they'll pin and pull, and there's San Francisco does it, Arizona does it. These guys do it a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised. It seems like a really good way to run the football against Dallas. Down block, really cool. down block, pull guys. Yeah. Really quickly, let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers, which has been a struggle for them, especially in pass defense. They, they've given up yeah. some big plays in the past game. They've also played, you know, uh, teams like Miami and, and yeah. that passing game that likes to attack things vertically. So it might be skewed a little bit early on, especially having only played four games. Um, but this is a team that struggled on defense a little bit. Uh, and this is a team that that likes to 
a little bit of, I, I don't know about you, Brian, one of the things that kind of stuck out to me when I was watching them defensively, I was like, okay, there's a little bit of a Dan Quinn approach here in terms of they play with a heavy rotation of safeties. Yeah. And these safeties, will a lot of them will kind of come up and play sort of almost as hybrid linebackers at times. And so I, I found that there's a a big use of safeties here, less emphasis on, on you know, traditional linebackers. There's a little, you know, they've obviously got Kenneth Murray uh, there who plays a lot for them hey, on defense. Physical SOB for sure. Physical, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a, even with their struggles, there's obviously a little bit of a concern to me in terms of what the Cowboys offense has shown an ability to do regardless of opponent recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's had its struggles. And so, are you going to be able to take advantage of some of the things that I, I think are available for you down the field? There's been so much discussion about taking shots down the field and their inability to do so that I, I wonder if they're going to say, look, we're, we're going to do it. We'll do it this week. We're, we're going to make sure we take advantage of it, especially if Kellen Moore and this football team get you into a track meet and you have to throw it. Um, but Brian, where do you, where do you see some vulnerability on this defense for the chargers? What's well, the secondary, like you're talking about, you know, they, they've had, they're a team that doesn't blitz a whole heck of a lot. You know, they've come up with 16 sacks. 12 of those have resulted from no blitzing. So they're going to try and beat you with that. Uh, they're going to try and beat you with that line. You know, the 16 sacks I mentioned, six of them are from Khalil Mack all in one game. Yeah, metrics tell you that this team, the average time to throw is about 2.8 seconds on these guys. So, you know, you could see, wow, well, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty decent time to, to have to be able to throw. But they're going to play – they play man coverage right around 30% of the time. They play zone the other 70%. Yep. They're a big cover two team while they're in zone. What's interesting, again, the metrics all kind of shake out this way. Wide open throws, three-plus yards of separation, 24%. Neutral throws, one yard to three yards of separation. That's 43%. Tight window throws less than a yard, 13%. Well, think about that. That's, that's uh, what, that's 67% of the throws are either wide open or one to three yards of separation. So that's a pretty high number right there. Not many tight window throws. I'll be interested to see, though, I'll be really interested to see, though, if watching – the 49er tape. And remember after the game, they were surprised of how much man coverage they got in this game. Yep. And to me... A lot of bump and run. Yeah. To me, I kind of feel like the one guy that could actually play some of that press man is Asante Samuel Jr. I think think he's the best cornerback they've got. He's not the biggest guy, but he's not afraid either. Like he'll line up on both sides, but he's not a travel guy. He's not a travel guy, so you don't see him like, okay, go take CeeDee Lamb or go take. You did see him matched up in the Raider game a couple times against Adams, but I thought that was more by alignment than it was travel. So the schemer, they they play off coverage. You know, they like to kind of turn, trying to funnel things back to the inside. And, you know, know, I, I think Samuel is a ball hawking type of a guy that I think I would kind of stay away from if I could. Michael Davis on the other side. Now, we've talked about corners that you should attack, Lenore and others, uh, you know, from like last week. Michael Davis is like a long, rangy guy. It takes him some time to adjust. And 
that's the thing about him is like he just doesn't turn and burst like you see with Samuel. So, you know, you have to be like, okay, well, where's a guy you can maybe take advantage of in some of that zone coverage? If that's they're going to play heavy zone, you know, Michael Davis, fine, run him up, you know, run like you're run at him like you're going to run by him and, you know, come back to the ball some some of those easy throws that, that uh, you know, that we've seen. But, you know, maybe a little bit more down the field than what we have in the past. Uh, I, I say that if you're going to play a lot of zone coverage, you're trying to hide something here. And I think they're trying to hide, you know, they're trying to hide Michael Davis here. Real quick, just before we go to the uh, Dean Julia Love the Star mailbag, a uh, a pick from you in this Cowboys Chargers game. I, I I don't know why I did this. I guess I did it because I always think about the bounce back thing. Somebody on Twitter said Brian's Dallas a desperate team. You buying desperate team theory? I, I think there is some desperation with the Cowboys. I'm very desperate. I picked the Dallas to win, and this is this is probably the wrong thing to do. But I picked Dallas to win twenty seven twenty four. I think it's going to come down to an Aubrey field goal. I think they're I think they're going to have to drive the football. And the last time they played, what was a fifty something yard field goal that the that they the, they played the Chargers? It was it was kind of weird yeah. It was clock. the Zerline field. It was Zerline like fifty eight. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was a crazy long field goal from Zerline. I think the Cowboys. We'll see. I you know can they can they hold up blocking? We always talk about that. Can the receivers get open if they play a lot of zone? I think they can. So. I went with an Aubrey field goal late, uh, 27-24. Uh, I, have, I have questions about uh, this team after they got run in what was supposed to be their most focused game, their Super Bowl. Um, I, I don't know about the offensive design of this football team right now, and I I think Kellen Moore is going to take advantage of some things against you. So I, I think this is going to be a, a tough game. I think it'll be another tough week, a couple weeks, because they'll be into a bye week. Uh, I got Chargers 28-16 in this one. Um, and, and I think that there's going to be the, these questions are only going to get louder can silence them all really quick. If you, if you win this football game, but I, I think that we're in for a, a long couple weeks leading into a Rams game. So you're listening to the love the star podcast, the love the stars and odyssey podcast. You can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you pick the Niners last week? We both picked the Niners. I did. I picked the Niners. I picked a much closer game than they actually played against the, yeah, uh, so the Cowboys. I. But uh, I just, that, that, that bounce back thing, it's just, it's real. The bounce back game is a real thing, but it, they could be, what, 10 and 2? So also, what is it? I think, uh, I think also the stat uh, 22 out of the last 23 times a team has played the 49ers, they've lost the following week. 
So the 49ers take a lot out of you. And the Cowboys Pittsburgh injury Steelers report had to do that. Steelers yeah, Cow- the same team. Yeah. Cowboys had 17 guys on the injury report on Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. So, I mean, it goes to show you how physical that game is. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Let's go uh, no first to this question. Are down. You're picking against <laughs> the Cowboys all the time. <laughs> this question from Queen Cowboy Sports. Uh, Brian, has Mike McCarthy lost sight of what his role is? I believe he needs to use his offense as a focus for winning games and let da- uh, and let Dan worry about the defense. So do you think that there's been enough of a – basically just let Dan worry about the defense. Don't talk about how I need to let my defense rest, run the ball for them to rest. I, I need to lean on them. Just worry about your part of it, which is taking control of the offense. Has Mike lost it's sight like, of what the he Titans, needs to do? Right? You worry about your yeah. defense. You worry I'll about your worry offense. about my offense, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know what? I, I think there is a I think there's a legitimate struggle. I think Mike and these coaches on the offensive side of the ball, I think they are trying to figure out something. Now I don't think they're sleeping at the office like people were talking about and all that. You yes, know, that, 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 guff, was a, that was a that was a that was a phony, guff, sarcastic report. <laughs> some guff going on there if you want to use the word guff. But uh yeah, it uh I I think there's legitimately there's some there's some concern and you know it it's not just what happened the Reds San Francisco will make you look bad the problem sure. the problem is you've looked bad against two of the last three weeks you've looked bad yep so that's that's the issue right there uh, I think Mike is focused on the offense I just don't think and you said it before and it's starting to come around it's starting to come around that maybe Mike. And I think this is just the theory you had. This isn't anybody you talked to. Mm-hmm. The relationship between Mike and and Dak when it comes to how the op- offense operates, I think there's some. I think there's some legitimate concerns that both might not be on the same page when that comes to that. Sure. So I, 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 I am not saying that. that in a way of like, well, Bobby Belt's breaking. No, I'm not saying that at all. I just, you know, you brought it up. And I think there's some legitimate, you know, things that Dak and Mike are trying to work through right now. And if it turns out to be a three and three in an open week, then it's there's going to be a lot of lot of lot of uh, mad people over there. Absolutely, the absolutely. Uh, next question here from Scott Williams: Any insight as to why they have not targeted Cooks? Training camp info and chatter seemed promising. Yeah, we are not seeing uh, the Brandon Cooks that we saw during uh, OTAs, mini camps, and preseason three of Dak's what four interceptions have been targeted at Brandon Cooks yeah I think that's right look see that that's one of the things that we talked about it a little bit last week um Brandon Cooks has been plug and play thousand yards with four different quarterbacks and four different systems why are you struggling here something's not right um and so I I don't know some of me wonders are you have you been sending him on the – have you been designing route concepts that make sense for a guy like Brandon Cooks? They, they're, they're not – it does not feel like they're taking full advantage of the guy's speed. No, and what's funny, what if I told you 19% of the Cowboys' passes are in the flat? What they I can totally believe it. Yeah. I totally believe it. Because yeah. <laughs> I've seen I – mean, it, it's what it's felt like. It, I, I, you know what you'd say if you told me it was 19%? I'd say, is it that low? That's what I'd say. I think Denver's only the only team lower than you. Well, I think Denver's the next team that's got more, like you and Denver are kind of battling for those flat passes. Yeah, I, I, I would have thought it was 50%. I, I think <laughs> I, with Cooks, there's been times where I think Cooks has been open. And yeah. 
Unfortunately, Dak might have pre-said, okay, I'm going to go here with the ball, I'm going to go here with the ball, and not allow Cooks to clear or Cooks to get it. You know, if he's somehow, Dak, some, Dak, here, I'll say this. Somehow, Dak is overthinking. Get, Dak I, is overthinking in this offense. Wow. Okay. Do you disagree? I, no. I mean, I think I, it looks I, like he is. I, I just feel like it's, it's, he looks like he's handcuffed on some of these plays. And I think he's frustrated by that. Th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it looks, I'm a scout. Okay. When I had questions about the offense or defense, I go ask the coaches. I'm not going to sit there and act like, oh, well, this route says, I know that I saw things in training camp to my eye that was encouraging about making things easier for Dak throwing the ball and easier for receivers getting separation. I saw that with my own eyes. I've, I, the, the Arizona game was a really bad one for that, and the, and the 49er game was a bad game for that. It was like 46% of the passes were with open routes. Lowest they'd had all year. Mm. So I sound like number cruncher guy now, but I'm learning. <sighs> Number, numbers matter. No, they do matter. They do matter because you you kind of can say, okay, well, that makes sense. Why yep. why are why are nineteen percent of the passes going to the flat? Because they are. You watch the you watch the game. That's where they're going. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Next question here uh, from Brandon Dubois: uh, Can the Cowboys win meaningful postseason games without altering their offensive game plan? Will Mike McCarthy be willing to alter the plan in order to have a more creative offense? I will say, if they were to play in the playoffs today with this team that we've seen, no. You can't that that's the thing is that that's what this whole discussion has been about is that something is broken with the offense and they have to fix it. Yeah. I, how much, how much can legitimately be tweaked in week six, Brian? Is it just tweaking concepts? Is it, if they're going to, if they're going to play a bunch of zone coverage, like the jets did and new England did Dak should have a nice game. Yeah, if if they're going to get a lot of man, if they're going to get a lot of man, they have got to find what the best, the best play they had last week was the was the pass to Turpin, motion left to right, set up like in a bunch, and then scatter out of that. You know, get him up the field. That needs to be more of that. That needs to be more of what the offense needs to look like. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know how many how many tweaks that he can really make. I think Mike. I think Mike is. I think Mike's struggling a little bit as a play caller, kind of finding some rhythm doing this. Sure. It's been a long time since he had to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Last question here from Mr. Hot Nichols. And I'm going to let you answer it first. Nichols. Before I give mine, I'll let you answer it first. I mean, I understand how creative you can be, but just use your damn name. Mr. Hot Nichols. uh, I'm sorry, man. Thank you for your service, Mr. Hot Nichols. He's a veteran, Brian. Is he a veteran? He is. Yeah. Okay. He's like Commander Hot (laughs) Nichols or, you know. All right. Maybe maybe that's where he got the nickname was from from, from the military. I don't know. Mr. Hot Nichols was saying. Major Hot Nichols. Major Hot Nichols. General Hot Nichols is asking, uh, and, and you'll answer first. Uh, Odds of Dak not being here after next season because he just doesn't want to be in Dallas anymore. Oh, it's odds of him on his own or next season. So when his, his contract is scheduled to run out odds of him not being here because he doesn't want to 28%. Okay. I'll, I'll go 40. (laughs) I, 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 I think the first time in my life I I've been around the Cowboys, uh, 
since Dak's rookie year, like been in the locker room. You think he's, the team. you think he's going to ask to ask to just don't don't resign? Don't no, I just I, I I get the sense that well, I mean they can't tag him, so he doesn't even have to ask. He yeah. can just let it go. Um, I just this is the first time in my life I've just I when you watch him and you listen to him talk, it's the first time in my life I've been like he's fed up with your BS questions. He feels exhausted. Yeah, not 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 just exhausted. He feels exhausted with the life of the Cowboys change, quarterback. What if they change? What if they change? He, does he think he wants to go through another change? I don't know. Do, do you think? I, I, just, that's what I'm saying. I think I think a lot of this is just. He's becoming exhausted by the you can fatigue can set are in. You with, breaking news or are you just no kind of no 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 careful now don't don't we 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 had that happen once before with uh, Debo Samuel remember yeah, uh, where people are like Brian Broda says they'll trade for Debo Samuel so uh, no this is uh, this is just my own sense watching him is just Did I say we were trade for Debo Samuel no you just said that's the kind of move Jerry oh. would make and then somebody published that that's what you were saying. Uh, no, here's what I'm just saying is that I think that uh, the sense I get is Dak is just Dak started like anybody eight years of just getting hammered by by narratives and and the the whole circus that comes with being part of the Cowboys I think can wear you down and I think that it's just it looks on it, it looks like on him just when we talk to him in the media we watch him on the field we watch him during games he looks more tired than he ever has before. And it's week five, week six, whatever. And that, so I just, I I think it's something to watch. Mr. Percentage, percentage that, that made the Trey Lance move in order to replace Dak. Um, I don't know about to replace Dak. It was definitely a move that was made as like, let's create some leverage because he's kind of got us by the balls. I think that was what was going on. Okay. Or create the illusion of it. But, I mean, he's here, and then they'll give him a shot. So, yep. that does it for us here today on this Boy, very extended. We went long today. This is an extended you episode. What, man. Of you, the Love you the are like podcast. You are, like, so reckless doing this podcast now. What? What did I do? So reckless with, the, with all the stuff you have going on. We had a question. I just answered a question from Major... General, uh, General Double yeah, Nickels. Or Gen- General Hot Nickels. Hot Nickels. <laughs> yeah, General Hot Nickels. Uh, I, the only reason I didn't use his, his display name was because it was hashtag long live something, and I don't know how to uh, pronounce his name. So, yeah. uh, General, General Hot Nickels. I appreciated your question and your yeah. service, even if Brian yeah. did not. Uh <laughs> Brian looks like he's going to kill it. Brian appreciates your service, too. We're just kidding. Yeah. Uh, that does it for us here today. I have a love the star podcast. See, this is what happens when we go. We're going 54 minutes, Brian. Yeah, That's Peyton, a, we, Peyton, I get I get loopy Peyton, at the end. Peyton's having a heart attack. So uh, for Brian Broaddus and Peyton Russell and his mustache, I'm Bobby Belt. We'll talk to you guys again next time.